Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit. That is Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Justin Thomas and Brian Murphy. Uh, gentlemen, we are halfway through our spring football roundup series, so let's keep on rolling. Let's stick over in uh, Class 5A, and let's talk some District 5-5A Division One, the uh, the big school Frisco district. This is the district that contains, um, what, six Frisco schools, Centennial, Heritage, Independence, Liberty, Lone Star, and Wakeland, plus Little Elm and the Colony in a district that um you know we're granted it's what is today it's june 5th we still have uh you know almost what three months or so before the season begins and it feels like we already kind of have an idea as to what this district is going to boil down to you never want to put the cart before the horse so to speak but just given the results from last year and given how these two teams are the positions that they're in heading into the season this feels like a district that'll once again boil down to the colony and frisco lone star so um it was the colony that got the uh, that got the upper hand last year in a game that was uh, had one of the most thrilling finishes of any maybe in the state mm-hmm. um, so right now Before with that the, championship game yeah <laughs> the uh, see I mean the rematch I mean I'm already, I already looked up the rematch it's going to be uh, October 18th at Tommy Briggs Stadium in the Colony uh, definitely one of the uh, the marquee matchups as far as our local high school football slate goes so um, let's start with those district okay, champion so you Cougars to, you get to see where the end zone is if there's a crazy finish this time <laughs> that was the worst part about it that was the only bad part about that game is the, the hash marks and the yard markers were not visible <laughs> at all. Miles Price having to go like Forrest Gump and just keep running. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, so yeah, let's stick with the with the colony, Justin, and talk about the Cougars right now. How are they shaping up at this juncture of the offseason? Well, they look pretty good from my perspective. Mm-hmm. They're going for their seventh playoff berth in a row. Um, as you said, they won the district title last year outright. They actually won it two years ago also when they shared it with Prosper. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, talking to Coach Rangel this offseason, you know, they kind of had two main objectives for this team. That was solidifying the offensive line, and then they had to find two new starters at safety. Mm-hmm. Actually, three new starters because they had two all-district guys graduate, and then they have another one that they moved to linebacker. So those are the two kind of big things for them, are to solidify the line and find some guys in the back end there. Um, this offense if that line can come along, should be pretty stacked. Um, Cameron Thomas is the lone returner on the offensive line. He'll be a junior, but Coach Rangel had good things to say about a couple sophomore guys that will be sophomores next year, uh, Christian Cummings and <coughs> excuse me, and Henry Keeler. Mm. So he kind of likes what he's seen and how the, lo- the line kind of gelled. He said, you know, over spring, you know, the 18 practices or whatever, they really got better and they really had showed pretty well in the, that last week. He was really pleased with how they finished their camp this spring. Um, you know, if that line comes together, this offense could be one of the best ones in the state. You know, they have Mikey Harrington. He's back for his third year starting. Mm-hmm. He's, he's already thrown for 5,500 yards over the last two years. And then when you look at their skill players, you know, 
There's Where to not begin? Many, not many teams in the whole in any classification in the state can rival what they have. They lost, you know, their workhorse Jaden Abdallah, mm-hmm. but uh, Wade Simmons is going to take kind of be the heir apparent there. You know, Colony always seems to have somebody ready to go in their backfield. Last year, he only had eight carries, but he produced 113 yards and two touchdowns <laughs> on those two car- on those eight carries. That's crazy. Uh, he's very quick guy pretty elusive so I think he's going to be a good fit back there for them and then they might have the best you know set of receivers in the whole state when you look at you know they have a big physical possession guy Keith Miller he's committed to Kansas he has you know mid-20 offers Mm. Miles Price you know our star local media MVP last year um, coming off his last year just to reiterate 2,000 all-purpose yards 28 touchdowns scored touchdowns in five different ways (laughs) (laughs) one passing rushing receiving kickoff and punt return Maybe he'll mix in an interception return this year and get six different ways because you know he's a pretty good defensive back as well. And one on the hook and ladder too. Yeah, one on the hook and ladder. You know, he's got you know up in the 30s offers, including some big ones recently like Ole Miss, and then you have Christian Gonzalez. He had 24 catches for 354 yards and three touchdowns last year. He's the real kind of speed guy. So you have you know the physical guy, the speed guy, and you know the do it all guy like Miles. You know they'll work him on the jet sweeps and stuff like that. It's going to be a pretty high-powered offense, and if this if the line comes together, look out. They could be one of the best units in the in the whole state. That uh, that works so well in conjunction with a program like Lone Star, which has been so revered for producing just elite defenses over the years. Um, I don't want to sell the Colonies defense short no, no, either, for though, sure. because when you look at you know talk about those guys as receivers, they, Miles and Christian might mm-hmm. even be better in defensive back. That's where Christian's getting recruited. He's over thirty offers. Alabama, Ohio State, Florida recently, so he's racking up huge offers. So tough to find a better set of corners. They're um, they retain their entire defensive line. Uh, Marcus Moore, he's got over 16 offers up front. Don Puentes was a first teamer last year. He's back. Stephen McCollum was a second teamer last year. He's back. Kyer Warren's back, and Coach Rangel was also pretty excited about a couple linebackers, Chris Allen, and then Jose Escobedo, mm-hmm. who is shifting from safety to linebacker. Denier and Beasley seems like he's having a good offseason at safety, so I think it's going to be a pretty good defense too, and Lone Star is going to have to crank it up to, to down them, keep them from repeating, I think, because they look pretty loaded Can uh, they to do, me. Can they do that, Brian? Lone Star, not only have they cranked it up this offseason, <laughs> they... <laughs> <laughs> Their defense is going to be even better than what it was last year. That same defense that held Highland Park to 10 points. That is points. such a high the bar, same, though. This, uh, it, it is, but, you know, they returned seven guys. The main two names that they graduated were Savashi Smith on the defensive line and Trey Taylor, who's going to Air Force. They returned their entire linebacking core uh, from last year. We if, we know one thing about Lone Star defense. They love having, you know, big-time linebackers. Oh, yeah. Nick Bolton, Noah Velser, a couple guys to mention, but... You know, you have the defensive MVP. He's back for his senior year, Jalen Ford. He's been getting a bunch of big-time D1 offers. Uh, and then you bring back Rosillo and, and Blake Goder. Uh, Blake Goder. Um, that crew was all together last year. And then Torin Pittman, who is an outside linebacker, he's 6'4", 190. They're going to use him this year as like a strong safety outside linebacker combo mix. Uh, you return Noah Bolton, the younger brother of Nick Bolton, that cornerback. He's he's not as big as Nick Bolton, so that's why he's at corner, but he's a phenomenal athlete. Uh, and then you return the co-defensive lineman of the year in Dylan Harris uh, up, up front there, and they return a bunch of other guys on the defensive front. That 
defense is stacked, and I haven't even gotten to the offense. I know you talked about you, you know those those star-studded names. You know, you Miles Price and Christian Gonzalez, Keith Miller, who I saw make that literally made a Sports Center top ten yeah. catch mm-hmm. at the, inside the star against Reedy uh, in Week Three last year. But Lone Star might have the best receiver in the district in Marvin Mims. He's gotten offers from those same schools: Ohio State, Oklahoma. The list is on and endless. Um, they have a guy who's going to take over at running back this year who they're really high on. Rayburn was praising him a whole bunch, and Jake Brogdon. They call him the Swiss Army Knife. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said he's going to thrive in, in that role. Last year they kind of used uh, a bunch of guys at running back with Darren Smith in and out of the lineup and, and whatnot, and they returned three of their offensive linemen from last year. Uh, they have the guy, they also, well, before I mention this guy's name, they also got McKinney, uh, McKinney Boyd starting running back, uh, Jaden Nixon. Okay. So he's he's now uh, also at Lone Star. Uh, not sure where he'll fit in or how they'll use him uh, there. And then they also have the guy named Trace Bruckler, big six foot two receiver, who he Rayburn is expecting big things from. He was on JV a little bit last year because he got hurt, and they tried to you know get him in the flow of things in varsity, and it just just wasn't working out. But he's he's locked and loaded uh, for next season. Uh, you know, I haven't even mentioned. The quarterback uh, situation at Lone Star. Their word on the street is there is a, a QB battle right now because you know that's a good thing to have. You they have plenty of serviceable serviceable guys. Even though you, they get a, a transfer from Tomble uh, and Chandler Galban, who's you know he was just at Nevada the other day visiting, and he's gotten a bunch of other D1 offers as well. He's been a two-year starter. Uh, he's uh, has a has a QB competition between him and Garrett Rangel right now, who's the starting quarterback on the JV last year. My personal opinion, you know, it's you expect Galbon to win that, you know, that that battle there, and he's he's shown what he can do at the varsity level, at a high level uh, as well. He fits that mold, you know that. You know that Jason Shelley slash MJ Rivers mold. He runs a four six forty. He's not just a pocket presence. Mm-hmm. He's what you want, what Lone Star wants, what Rayburn wants uh, in that offense. And I think, you know, that game last year between Lone Star and the Colony was really good. I think it could be even more evenly matched uh, this time around. October eighteenth, yeah, seven o'clock. Have, have some kind of bet to who gets to cover that one or something. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just both go out there. <laughs> October eighteenth, seven o'clock. Tommy Briggs Stadium in the Colony. Mark it down. Circle it in red ink. If Lone Star and the Colony are half as good as I'm being led to believe right now in this podcast, that matchup should be uh, pretty uh, pretty salty uh, for potential district bragging rights. So we go then from two teams that are initially at least expected to vie for the district title to a team that finished on the opposite end of the spectrum last year in district play, um, but had some pretty compelling news break, at least within the past week. Um, Frisco Liberty, Brian, talk yeah. a little bit about this. Is Frisco Liberty, the, uh, the Red Hawks, undergoing a bit of an abrupt change within the coaching ranks? Yeah, so Chris Birch, he's been there for the last five years, uh, led the, the Red Hawks to a 12-40 and 40 overall record. Mm-hmm. He kind of he took over the team in 2014. They were in a rebuilding mode. Jay Ajayi had just graduated a couple years before. Um, you know, they were still trying to kind of bounce back from those playoff years from the early 2000s. Uh, so he inherited a, a bit of a rough test, and, you know, you're playing when you're playing in the same district against the likes of Lone Star and Wakeland, and for a little bit was you know the Colony, and, and now they rejoin. It, it's tough. You know Frisco had really good teams you know a few years ago as well, so it's nothing against that Liberty program. They're just in a really tough district. Uh, but yeah, Birch he uh, was offered and accepted an assistant athletic director position at uh, within Frisco ISD. Um, not a not a 
position, you know, someone, no one got fired, no one left, nothing like that. They're just adding another one, you know, since there's so many schools, so many things going on in Frisco ISD. So they felt, uh, Coach K and those guys in the office felt, you know, could use another another position there. Uh, and Chris Birch was the guy pending a board, appro- uh, board approval uh, June 10th, which would be this Monday. So nothing is official, official yet, but it's it's on its way. And there's no telling who his replacement will be. And, you know, Liberty's coming off an 0-10 season. Not, uh, who knows what to expect with the Red Hawks. Because it's a case where, like, just the timing of this is weird because they've already wrapped up spring workouts. Yeah. So you got to think it'd be how do you, internal, yeah, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure, a, a, how many, you know, coaches are still out there looking yeah. for looking for work as far as a head coaching position goes. But, um, I mean, because this is a program, Liberty, they did go through spring practices and whatnot, so they can't start fall practices until August 12th. Mm-hmm. So that only gives them just a few weeks to prepare for their season opener. And, yeah, I mean, you wonder if they go, if they promote from within just because you'd be, it would be someone who would theoretically have some familiarity yeah. with the program and the kind of stuff that they run. Because if you bring in an outsider, I mean, yeah, you're having to basically teach these kids an entirely different brand of football, potentially at least. Just a couple months before the start yeah. of the season. It's, yeah, it's very, very it's odd dynamic. Odd. You don't see too many uh, coaching changes coming at this juncture of the year. So it was very, very fascinating when that came down last week regarding Liberty. Yeah, it'll be something interesting to monitor, monitor you know, the rest of this month. Because you got to think they'll move quickly oh, yeah. in, in finding his replacement. So we'll see uh, in the coming weeks what they do there. Uh, let's see. Let's look elsewhere in this district, Brian. Um, Little Elm, what do you make of the Lobos right now? And what is at least the initial forecast as of, as of June 5th on what the Lobos are cooking right now in their uh, a potential bounce-back season? So, as we know, the Lobos didn't make the playoffs last year. They had their struggles on the offensive end. You know, they, their defense was pretty stacked mm-hmm. last year. It was almost up to par, you know, with the likes of the Colony and, Little, uh, and uh, Lone Star, I should say. They just... They just struggled at the QB position. Not even going to you know, tiptoe around that. Everyone knows that's where the, the struggles were. They were able to run the ball really well. They had the offensive line. They had guys like Will Harrison, Brandon Crossley. Well, those guys are gone, but they have a man. They have the guy at the quarterback position who got thrown into the fire last year as a freshman mm-hmm. uh, down, the, down the home stretch in the second half of district play and John Mateer. He's a sophomore. He's grown a little bit. His arm strength, they say, is is nice. They've known about him since he was in seventh grade. Um, and so, yeah, there's there's no QB battle uh, at, at Little Elm this year. Jordan Hall, running back, he returns. He's going to be the bell cow uh, of, of this team. And as we know, Brandon Crossley, he's graduating, going to Colorado State. But... You know, they have Oklahoma commit Ryan Watts, who's emerged almost out of nowhere, you know, since January with over 20 offers mm-hmm. um, since the, the beginning of the calendar year. And uh, Coach Kendrick Brown, he expects to use Ryan Watts in a bit of the same capacity as they use Crossley because teams weren't really throwing a Crossley mm-hmm. last year. And so, and he's so fast, so athletic, so dynamic, so they're using him in, in certain packages on offense. So, you know, he, he's, he's a firm believer in if you have a player that's that talented, you know, a guy like Miles Price who can play both sides of the ball, use him. You know, he's, I'm not saying Ryan Watts is Miles Price. You know, Ryan Watts is a different you know, build. He's a 6'3 cornerback, but they definitely plan on using him at receiver in some 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 form. 
And too, you wonder, just compared to a player like Crossley, how much more with Watts, like how many more things you can do with a player like that yeah. just because of his size. And, it's yeah, so unique for that position. And the, that's one thing that's, that Brown was really adamant about. Crossley is not Watts, and Watts is not Crossley. Those yeah. are two very different players. They just bring different things to the table uh, that one may not have. And and Watts, he, I don't expect a lot of people to throw in Watts' direction this year, just out of respect and just, you know, hey, he's going to be on his island. He's going to shut down that mm-hmm. side of the field. We've, we've come to terms with that, and so why not use him uh, on offense quite a bit? Um, and also we're going to see a little bit of Chuck Igwu, uh, the younger brother of Ike, who was on the basketball team mm-hmm. a couple years ago on those two playoff runs with, with Devin Pullum and J.V. Williams and, of course, R.J. Hampton. Um, 6'3", they're going to use him as a, you know, a tight end slash receiver. He might fill in that Will Harris role. They're a tall family. <laughs> they are a very, very tall family. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, Ike was like 6'6", and then his, uh, Chuck, who's uh, going to be a senior this year, he's 6'3", and so, yeah, they're going to use him kind of in a hybrid tight end receiver role, like I said, about yeah. what Will Harris was. Uh, last year, so that offense should be revamped because uh, those were the struggles last year. Remember the ten seven loss to Lone Star. You know if they just if they had Logan Kohler or if John Matier was just a year older, you know they could have they could have beaten Lone Star honestly because they had the defensive firepower with Crossley and Watts and a really good linebacking core. Uh, most of the linebacking core returns this year. They also have Tyrese Poe on the defensive line. Could be a dark horse for not just defensive MVP, but a district MVP if he plays uh, to his capabilities. That's some rumblings I'm hearing from from the Little Elm camp. They were really high on uh, Tyrese Poe coming into this season. Little Elm was one of uh, four teams that finished within one game of each other last year, and it was a, just an absolute logjam in the middle of that district. It was heartbreaking losses to Wakeland and Centennial, and then the, the three-point loss to Lone Star, and then they bounce back, and then they beat teams like Wakeland, and they win games that maybe they shouldn't have won, or they lose games that they shouldn't have lost, and it was just you know, a couple points here and there. Little Elm could have been, you know, seven and three, eight and two. Because you had one game separating third place from sixth in that district. So once mm-hmm. you got past that top tier of the Colony and Lone Star, um, not a whole lot separating those next four teams. So let's um, let's round this out at least with talking at least a little bit about uh, maybe one of those programs of note. Um, I guess Frisco Independence, Brian. You're feeling pretty uh, pretty all right about what the Knights have in store coming up. They had a great bounce back year yeah. last year. You know, they they had the the run with Dom Williams, and then they missed the playoffs the next year, and then they came right back. Uh, in 2018 behind uh, Braylon Braxton. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's the engine that makes that team run. Big, physical, fast, dynamic quarterback. He's, you know, he's perfect if you want that RPO op, uh, offense. Um, I've heard he's even grown a couple more inches. He's lost a little bit of weight, and he's gotten even faster thanks mm-hmm. to track uh, the track season. He was about 6'2". Last year as a sophomore, he's he's a big guy and he had, he had some big moments. He's a hard hard man to bring down. He can launch it and you know if the pocket collapses or if nothing's open downfield, he can take off. And so he'll be a junior this year. So I don't expect, um, although they graduated Logan Brungart, who you know top three player to to come from that program uh, for sure in my opinion. Um, you know they lose him at running back. I still think they'll be just fine. They're, it'll be running back by committee. One of those names, uh, a name to look out for is Reggie Bush. <laughs> Not the Reggie Bush, but there is a, a story. <laughs> I'd be there right now. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no. So uh, along with Zare White and and a, a freshman named Jackson Lavender, just a, a couple names to to mention there. But you know they. They should be much improved. Elijah Arroyo, barely played last year, will be a name to watch for at the wide receiver position. He's about 6'4", 205 or so. Um, So that offense, 
should be should be you know locked and loaded for another another big season in 2019. And that is a, uh, a cursory look at some of the early offseason storylines developing in District 55A Division One. Um, we'll talk uh, some 6A on the other side of a quick break. We'll go 11 6A. Talk a little Mesquite ISD with Devin Hassan. We will pick that up after a word from the sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. And we are back. We got Devin Hassan in to talk some District 11 6A. Talk about, I guess, the, the three 6A Mesquite ISD schools: Horn, North, and Mesquite High. Um, we can start with. Uh, let's see. I, I was just looking over these. Uh, these. So it's within the past three years, all three of these schools have had now turnover at head coach. Yeah, really it's, odd how it's. Yeah, I mean, you have these programs that were so tenured for so long in those positions, and now just in the blink of an eye, we got some new faces at all three of those schools within the past few years. So, let's start with, I guess, the most uh, the most tenured of the of those three head coaches entering his third year with the program, and I guess the uh, the de facto city champs of uh, of Mesquite La- Mesquite ISD last year, at least at the six A level. That being uh, the original Mesquite High School. Yeah, well, and you mentioned turnover. It's not complete turnover yeah. because two of the programs hired from within, and the exception. Was Jeff Fleener out of Mesquite, who has deep, deep Mesquite ISD ties yep. with his father-in-law being Dennis Hard, out a longtime trainer at North Mesquite. So uh, he still has some familiarity. But uh, yeah, Mesquite was kind of one of the nice stories, uh, really, of the area last year. Um, two years ago, in their first season, they go one and nine under Jeff Fleener and as a former assistant at Allen, um, and has, has taken over a solid program at, at Brandeis down in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. It, Jeff Fleener is not usually going one and nine <laughs> no, at, at all. They, 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 you know, so they um, yeah. they went an overhaul of their offseason program, and it paid dividends. Uh, they get up to five and five last season, uh, make the playoffs for the first time since 2013. Just a, one of the huge uh, turnarounds in the area. Um, and they hit the uh, hit the weight room, hit the offseason with that same vigor, that same enthusiasm, and they're kind of expecting that to carry over once again. Uh, I'm not going to say they're going to make another four to five game turnaround because that would obviously put them at nine and one, mm-hmm. ten and zero. And when you're in a district with the reigning state champions, um, Longview and a perennial power uh, playoff team anyway in, in Rockwall, uh, that's going to be tough to do. But there's no reason to think that Mesquite can't continue to make strides uh, now in the third season under that coaching staff. They have a returning quarterback in Dylan McGill who started off in kind of a rotation platoon type deal last year but as the season progressed took a majority of the snaps he's a dual threat kid uh, came along his passing really progressed he ended up throwing for 983 yards and eight touchdowns uh, but really explosive on his feet uh, rushed for 635 yards and six scores uh, to really give him that dual threat which when you have a back like Ladarius Turner in the backfield beside you it gives you that one-two punch in the ground game that makes you really dangerous because yeah. Ladarius Turner um you talk to pretty much any coach in that district, and they say he's the next breakout star. I mean, he rushed for 1,202 yards, uh, 11 touchdowns last year. So it's not like he's an unknown. Mm-hmm. But in terms of when you talk about the big-name running backs around the region, uh, Ladarius Turner at Mesquite doesn't really pop up on that radar. Uh, expect that to change if he has the kind of okay. season they expect out of him. Uh, you know that they they should be solid all the way around on offense. Uh, Jadarian Smith, KB Frazier were two guys who, who really kind of came on uh, late in the year as McGill 
progression as a passer. They started making plays uh, out in, outside at wide receiver. Uh, Telstra McDaniel, Seth Robinson, two guys to build around the offensive line. So, you know, a mesquite offense that was kind of trying to find its footing early on. Again, when, when you have a rotation at quarterback, it's so hard to develop that rhythm, develop, mm-hmm. develop that consistency. Uh, they really kind of got going uh, midseason and um, – you know, they were solid. And, and again, defensively, um, Mesquite was one of the better defenses in the district last year. Now, they replaced three college-bound defensive linemen, and that's going to be tough because that was really where Mesquite made their name last year was in the trenches. Uh, but they have a guy named Jerrion Smith. He's back at defensive end. Uh, Jaden Brown was a uh, first-team all-district uh, linebacker at sophomore last year, uh, made 114 tackles. Um, so he's a, he's a big-time guy in the middle. And, uh, you know, by all accounts, they got I mean, Dwayne Adams is back in the secondary, but by all accounts, they have a lot of these playmakers these younger guys that made plays as the season went on uh, that are back kind of ready to take on a, a, an expanded role. And, uh, you know, excitement's high. I Mesquite mean, kind of fallen into a rut. Mm-hmm. Uh, just when you're not winning, just that enthusiasm kind of gets fit. And sometimes it takes a coaching change. Um, that's not an indictment on the past staff at all. Just sometimes it takes a, a breath of fresh air to get that program going, uh, you know, once again. And, and you kind of saw that last year under Mesquite. And, and expect them to be right there contending mm-hmm. again for another playoff spot this year. I just remember last year, you know, going into one of their uh, their non-district games against Plano West in the third week of the season and thinking where those two teams were the year before Mesquite going 1-9 West going 0-10 thinking oh man this be a be a nice little uh, coin flip game. It's a nice little litmus test to see where Plano West is at. And then Mesquite just goes out and just lays waste to them, 44-20. to 20. That, I guess, was the kind of the breakout game for McGill, if I recall, with him. And what, five touchdowns was it against Plano yes, West? Yes, yes. And, uh, and, yeah, just to see the strides that they had made in one year's time, yeah, the arrow definitely pointing up for the Skeeters under uh, under Coach Fleener. Um, a program which, I mean, heading into last season, at least, that you know you would have said, at least at the surface, was the, the odds-on favor to be the best team out of Mesquite ISD, as they've been for several years, was Horn. Horn had, I mean, there's, first off, there's no possible way that next season can be any weirder than, uh, than 2018 was for the Jaguars. Um, they will have a new head coach, though. They were the last of the uh, of the three uh, 6A Mesquite ISD schools to make a, uh, a change at head coach with Mike Overton uh, retiring, was it? Yeah, well, yeah, Mike Overton retired. Yeah, yes, yeah. With Coach Overton so. retiring after his successful tenure with Horn and uh, his old defensive coordinator, Chris Hudler, getting promoted. Um, so what is the read right now on the Jaguars under uh, under Coach Hudler? Well, you know, Chris Hudler has about as deep as Mesquite ties as you can have. I mean, he grew up going to elementary school, middle school uh, in Mesquite ISD. He would have gone to Horn if Horn would have been open okay. back at, back when he was going into high school. Mm-hmm. It just uh, So instead he goes to Mesquite and ends up being a key member of their 2001 state championship team. So he's got the deep roots in Mesquite. Okay. Uh, went to play to Tech, uh, went and then came back to the district eventually when he got into coaching and has been at Horn for several years and obviously gets the uh, gets the promotion. Um, you know they, they have some some work to do in, in terms of, of replacing some key guys on offense, namely Jermaine Gibbons, their outstanding quarterback who That's rewrote the record book. Um, Davizia Gabriel did get some snaps last year when when because uh, Gibbons was a little you know shaken up at times last year. Uh, they also may take a look at Braylon Monroe, who was an outstanding uh, athlete who transferred from West Mesquite. Um, who he could, will probably he got to look at quarterback. He can also play some wide receiver. He's a very good baseball player. He's a kid that hit four twenty on the baseball team. So outstanding all around uh, athlete. Uh, Nikowski Emery uh, returns for them. Um, he's, he can play running back. He rushed for 620 yards and six touchdowns. He's an outstanding wide receiver. He's an all-district kickoff returner and punt returner. Uh, just does a little of everything. They're just going to find different ways to get the ball in his hands. Um, you know, again, Cameron Jackson and Donovan Payne are established guys on the outside at wide receiver. Uh, ben Wyatt, another guy who can play both running back and wide receiver. So whoever steps into that quarterback role is going to have plenty 
uh, of options around him to distribute the ball. And I think, uh, you know, with Diamante Williams and the offensive line should be a strength. And so, you know, I, I think this has a you know potential to be not the kind of explosive offense right away that we've seen under Chris Robinson and Jermaine Gibbons mm-hmm. and some of those guys that Hornets had in the last few years. But, you know, certainly a prolific unit. Uh, defensively, um, they had some losses to graduation and transfers we won't get into. But, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> they, they, they should be – they're going to be good in the middle in yeah. particular. Um, Nick Garcia was the yeah. defensive newcomer of the year. Uh, Quavon Grant, each of those had over 125 tackles last season. Uh, Marquise Edwards is a sophomore. They expect to slide into another starting yeah. uh, position. Uh, they got they some holes in the secondary. Um, but, you know, you look – you were talking about there's no way they can have a season – well, they play the same. I know. That's slate, what I was thinking. And they have these same rotations <laughs> yes. early on with Longview and Rockwell. Yes. So it's not out of the realm <laughs> that Horn gets it's off the, to uh, another tough start um, against that heavyweight non you know, non district schedule with your Allens and you know whatnot in the world. They and, actually don't play Allen though to start the season. Oh, Allen, that's, that's Allen right. plays that's, Cedar Hill. They play John Tyler. That's right. That's at right. Rose they Stadium. Did, they did swap that out, which is so. still like yeah, it's, it's not it's, Allen, but it's not like it's not exactly a layup by any stretch. John Tyler went four rounds deep last year or something yeah. crazy like that. Yeah, but but yeah, but so so you know Horn, it's going to be there, they, and they do this every year. That's why you see during their streak of eleven consecutive playoff appearances, you'll see overall records that are five and six. Yeah, uh, you know. Six and five, and kind of oh, they kind of lent it. Well, no, because they always do this year in year out. Now, maybe not as big of a murderer's row as last yeah. year, but they this is year in year out. This has been Horn's philosophy: is is this we're going to test ourselves early, and it's just going to make us a better team for the stretch run. Yeah. So, um, but again, you know, it, we kind of alluded to Longview and Rockwell. And we'll talk about them later this summer. But it's a tough district. There's only four spots. So when you kind of pencil in the two of them almost on an annual basis, that only leaves two spots mm-hmm. uh, between five teams. Yeah. And, and that's what Horn and Mesquite were able to do last year. They took care of business um, against the other teams in that district, and they were able to nab those final two spots. Then you look at a program like North Mesquite, which won three games last year under uh, under first-year head coach Tim Cedar. Um, kind of the uh, the reverse of, of, uh, of how Horn went about its regular yeah. season, where you know North started off the year 3-1. and one. You know, albeit not the you know not the uh, not a murderer's row at least, but again, that's relative to you know where you kind of where you are with your program. Um, but then you know that the the strength of that district crept up on them, and they lost their final five games. So as they head into their second off season under Coach Cedar, what is the read on the Stallions right now and where they're at? You know, they're. they're Hoping to make that next start, they'd love a mesquite type turnaround mm-hmm. into where in year two under Tim Cedar that they um, are able to contend for the playoffs, and, and they might very well could be. Um, it's you know you mentioned the three one start, and then the district kicked in. Um, the difference I thought, I thought this year, just kind of talking with some of their coaches, is they need to get off to a similar start this yeah. year, but then build on that and, and, and establish some confidence because it's so easy in this district, especially with some of these potent offenses that you know you go out and play Rockwall. And I'm talking about any team that could happen to teams in the playoffs. You just play a team like Rockwell, and all of a sudden you're down 28 nothing in the first quarter. And you go, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and a lot of these guys you know, don't know how to handle it. They had a lot of younger guys. So we'll, we'll see how they do. They did graduate a good chunk uh, of their production. Uh, Kamara Thompson, their quarterback, uh, is back. He was kind of kind of transitioned into the position as it went on. He ended up throwing for 597 yards. Good athlete. Uh, ran for 328 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, should be a lot better 
um, in his second year full time. Uh, good kids, good athlete, smart kid. He's going to the Naval Academy. Uh, excellent leader out there. He may also they're they're in one of those positions right now depth wise where they're going to have a lot of guys go play both ways. All right. So he also spent some time at defensive back uh, last season. So you also have a guy like uh, Samuel Lin Yang, who was an all-district defensive back, who's probably going to play some possibly running back, possibly some wide receiver. Um, Torian Smith, uh, running back, I mean, I'm sorry, a wide receiver, one of their top targets on the outside, is also going to be one, a starter on defense. Um, and so they're going to have a lot of guys like this that are going to be having to go two ways, at least early on until they establish that depth. But, uh, you know, Marcus Yao was a, so- a sophomore wide receiver who, when I saw him, I mean, it seemed like every time I saw North Mesquite, he was making plays last year as a sophomore. He only had seven catches. That surprised me. Based on what I'd seen, seven catches last year, but four of them went for touchdowns. So I guess I saw all his highlights. Highlight it's pretty efficient. Um, so you know, it's a uh, you know they, they're going to have to break in a new backfield. Um, they, they should be in whoever's back there. Uh, Lamarcia Campbell, Terrence Hobbs, and Roman Reina are all returning starters in the offensive line. Mm-hmm. So that gives them a good foundation there uh, for what, whatever. And they've been able to to find running backs. That's one thing. Uh, whether North Mississippi's been up like they were three four years ago, or where they've been down, they've always had um, an excellent. You know, pair of running backs. So even though there's going to be new faces down there, um, I think they can probably find somebody, especially with that offensive line, to take some of that pressure off Kamari Thompson. And, you know, as he kind of gets his his rhythm with his wide receivers. Um, defensively, they, you know, they do have a lot of quite a few holes um, in the middle. Uh, Jalen Delance and Davion Carter are, are excellent on the line. Uh, Jordan Colston's the one linebacker name that did jump out that did some good things last year. But uh, you know, it's it's. It's a work in progress. Again, I think right now, uh, and through the spring and seeing them at their spring game, it's just about developing some depth, um, you know, building some confidence and, and taking that into August where, you know, they do have a, I'm not going to say a favorable because you never know how some of these other teams that they played last year or, you know, what kind of progress they've made in the offseason. But I think they have a chance to, to build some confidence and build some momentum in the non-district plays, mm-hmm. uh, you know, schedule. And then they open with Tyler Lee. And that's what you look at as one of those swing games, even though it's a district opener. Um, when you look at, you know, kind of that five-team race for, you know, those last two spots, you know, in theory, um, then those that's one of those swing games mm-hmm. that, uh, number one, could prove huge at the end of the season. And number two, could use, you know, they could use as a springboard toward making a push of their own. I know it's still incredibly early, but um, if you just heard anything through, through the grapevine, is the initial word on this district that all roads are going to go through Longview once again? I know they got the quarterback returning and whatnot, and well, obviously the, the state championship pedigree to build off of. But Yeah, well, if you talk around circles around the state, all roads to the state lead through Longview, wow. not just 11 6A. Okay. I mean, this was, you know, this is a Longview team that's contended year in, year out yeah. for the past 15 years that are John King. And uh, they finally, after so many close calls and heartbreakers, they finally broke through last year. And, uh, you know, they they graduated several players, obviously. But, uh, you know, Haynes King is one of the top uh, – mm-hmm. his coach's son. Yeah. He's one of the top-rated quarterbacks out. He's back. And they, they return – you know, several players, and again, a program that big and that deep. I mean, that's that's one of the things when you watch Longview is they're rotating guys, and even when they get out to a lead, they're bringing their second, third teamers in, but they're still expanding that lead because there's not that big of a drop off between their starters and going back. So, yeah, Longview's going to be going to be right there okay. in the mix. They're, they're they're certainly the pre-district favorite. Um, Probably the pre-region favorite, if you had to say at mm-hmm. this time. So yeah, I'll, as far as eleven six eight, what we're talking about today, yeah, all roads go through long. And there's no scenario they would ever creep into that Division One bracket in six A. I don't. I, I would have to look at it. To, yeah. to, to, I'm pretty sure that um, that there is no way because I know 
between mesquites. It would have to be some combination, and again, I'd have to double check it. Yeah. Of, I'm pretty sure there's sixth out of the seventeen. Okay. So I, I'm pretty sure there's yeah. no way they can they can go in there unless um, unless some crazy happens. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, no. Even if they, even if Rockwall Heath were, yeah, I mean, even it, there's no way they can make a sufficient one. No. Okay. Well, there you go, and that was a <laughs> and that is a, a look at uh, some of the early uh, early storylines surfacing within Mesquite ISD as far as eleven six A goes. Devin, thanks for swinging by. Uh, appreciate Justin Thomas and Brian Murphy for doing the same. Um, yeah, this is all. Uh, this will close out the episode, and we will check back in on Monday with, I guess, the the final two districts of our spring football series uh, roundup and whatnot. So, uh, we, I guess, what we have left what four five A Division One, some Carrollton Farmers Branch ISD, and then uh, the big old heap and mamma jam and known as District. 96A over at 6A and that'll um, yeah, that'll wrap it up for this episode folks hey you enjoy the rest of your week and we will talk to y'all later looking to hire top talent in your community look no further than starlocaljobs.com our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area with starlocaljobs.com you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.